0: Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. I don't know if you've ever thought about that concept nothing stands between us, you know, us and God as believers. You know, it's one thing to hear that, but it's one thing to really believe that. Because there's many times in my life where I feel like I put many things in between me and God. I, I throw things in the path. I throw things between our love. And, and that may be true. There's things that we do that put us, you know, it, there's obstacles that we put in our way between loving or learning to love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength. But, but when it comes to God's love for us... Nothing stands between us. This series called uh, The Love We Give. Today, I'm going to talk about God's love for us. Next week, we're going to talk about our love for each other. And then week three, we're going to talk about our love for the world. There's a progression here. And I really do believe this. You know this. I've said it a hundred times. When we can get this right, when we can understand this, this becomes much easier. And I don't mean to say that if you don't have God in your life, you can't love this way. That's not what I'm saying. But but when you get this right, when there's a an understanding that we have that, that God loves us, and there's nothing that stands between us, nothing, then these relationships, our friends, our family, our church family, the world, it becomes... Much, much easier for us to navigate those kinds of things. Well, today I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to all of our campuses. Before I dive any further into the message, <clears throat> I want to just say celebrate a few things with you. Last week we, we baptized 50 people across our campuses. A couple of, I don't know, two or three hundred probably by the end of the year. Just awesome what God is doing in our children, in our students, in all of our lives and region and re-engage. So many stories that that I get to, I I need to share more of those with you. Um, Just great things happening. Um, Tonight, all of our campuses coming together for worship night right here at Frisco East. So I invite you to come at 5 o'clock. We're going to just throw out the the agendas, really, and just we're going to worship the Lord in song, and we're going to pray for our students um, as they go back to school. Most of them have already gone back, Um, and I just want to say thank you to those of you who are able to give uh, in in, in a financial way here at Hope. We just sent thousands and thousands of dollars to Hawaii for the Maui uh, fires, thousands of dollars, and we will continue to do so. Um, and I ask you to pray um, my i, I 'm mentoring or i don 't know mentoring is a strong word, but i 've got five guys around the country in Chicago in Seattle, Phoenix, Albuquerque, and here in Dallas one of them albuquerque is, is he 's like a son to me, and pastors a great church citizens church, and they have a Maui campus, so he has to go to he has to go to Maui every once in a while to to make sure that that campus is going, and so I'm going to start a campus in Colorado and Montana and Idaho and, uh, you know. But um, thank you, Hope. Thank you for making it possible for us to just say, hey, we're with you. We're with you. And on their campus in Maui, Convoy of Hope is there set up on their parking, in their parking lot or on their parking lot. Uh, uh, Mercy chefs are on their campus and then one other organization, I can't remember the name, but, but I encourage you to go online. Convoy of Hope would be the, the place in which we give our resources on a regular basis. And then especially during times like this, uh, I would encourage you to pray, obviously, for Maui. Um, unbelievable, right? It's just so sad. And, and pray for those that are on the ground, the NGOs, the government things, the ministry things that are going on. So continue to, to pray Uh, for that. And then our grand opening for Prosper is September the 10th, 9th on a Saturday. We're going to have a big picnic and, and yeah, uh, we're going to have a petting zoo and, you know, all those things on the 10th. And I'm just going to say, if you dare show up, if you're not living in Prosper and you're at Frisco East or you're at McKinney and Frisco West, but you want to go check it out on the 10th, you are off limits. You can't do that. Okay. We need all the room we can get. So the well-wishers, hey, well, well well-wish from here. Well-wish from your campus. And uh, we're going we're gonna to pray for a great grand opening that weekend, so thank you for giving to that too. Okay, so um, today, let's get back to God's love for us. Listen to this, 1 John 4, 8, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God, this is a definition of God, God is love, he encompasses that word. That is who God is, love, perfect love. First Corinthians kind of love, 13, love is patient, kind, never envious, never rude, never boastful, never proud, always believes the best. That's God. God is love. And it's sometimes really hard for us to understand the depth, the width, the height, the length of God's love for us as Ephesians and Paul talks about that. Romans 8, 35, when it talks about his love for believers, can anything separate us from Christ's love? Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That, and again, I think that some of us were raised, including myself, um, Knowing that in my head, that God loves me, but finding it hard to really believe that no matter what, God loves me. How many have ever been stupid in your life? Don't raise your hands. I know the answer already. And God loves us. As believers, we've done many crazy, rebellious, even sinful things but yet God still loves us. And for some of us raised in a real, real, real legalistic type of environment, that is a hard concept to really grab because we feel like, well, you know, yes, he does, but you have to, oh, man, anytime you put a but in there, you, you have misunderstood God's love for you. We have misunderstood God's love for us. And I don't know of any better picture And this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I love the adulterous woman story. And I love this story in 15. The story is caused or the reason Jesus tells these three stories in a row is because of some trouble going on in the religious community. Luke chapter 15 verse 1, here's the beginning of the story. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So the reason that Jesus is going to tell the three stories right after this is because of the religious leaders. He he hears what they're saying, And he wants them to understand, really, to be honest, he wants them to understand the love that God has for even the notorious sinners. Now, keep in mind, first century, Jesus comes to this earth, to Israel. Born in Bethlehem, his whole life spent in the Jerusalem, Galilee area. And they're all Jewish. There's a few Roman citizens, you know, guards and centurions and army and stuff, but they're all Jewish. And so when the religious leaders are complaining about the tax collectors, notorious sinners, they're all Jewish. They all knew better. They knew the law. They knew what God required. They know in their hearts how God's called them to live, yet they find themselves in the category of notorious sinner. So I think that's an important understanding that when we think of the stories that that we are getting ready to to look at, and and one in particular, that these are stories of people within God's family. These are people that know God, know of God, know his law, and yet find themselves either, in in the stories that Jesus tells, is one of them is the lost sheep that wanders away from the, the fold, and the shepherd goes after the lost sheep and brings him back into the fold, and everybody rejoices. Speaking of God going after someone who's lost, his love for them, he leaves... the the 99, and he goes after the one, and he brings them back because he loves them. And then he tells the story of the lost coin. Now, the sheep wandered away. The coin was misplaced. And many of us are sheep that have wandered away. Some of you today, whatever campus, wherever you are online, you've wandered away from the flock. You've wandered away from God's purpose for your life. And he wants you to know that he's coming after you, not not it with a not with a, a billy club or you know some kind of punishment. He's coming after you because he saying, "Hey, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa you're out of line. Come here, come here. I've got better things for you, and you may be the sheep." Now, the coin was misplaced. In my mind, many of us feel in the family of God we've been misplaced. Jesus tells the story of the lost coin, and the woman loses her coin and. She turns the house upside down trying to find the coin and she finally finds it and then she calls her neighbors to rejoice because she's found the lost coin. Speaking of the father's love for those who have been misplaced. And maybe you're in the room and you feel like you have been misplaced. You don't fit in. You have questions. You have doubts. You have things going on in your spiritual journey that you're like, man, but I've seen abuse or I've seen this or that and there's just all kinds of things that have caused you to be misplaced. And the love of the Father turns the house upside down looking for you. And then the last story. You know the story, the prodigal, the prodigal son. Let's pick it up in verse 12. Oh, by the way, my my thought for, I have two thoughts for the day. The first one is wasted love, and, and this is the story of the prodigal son. And you know the story, but I want you to open your heart anyway and, and, and think of maybe ways the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today on a, an old story or a, a familiar story that maybe... Something is going to knock on your heart's door. Luke chapter 15. To illustrate the point further, so further means he already told them about the sheep and the shepherd. He told them about the lost coin, and now he tells them this story. Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Now, this is a weird concept for us. Okay, this is first century Jewish culture, and I have no idea how he divided this or how you can come up. If my if I have four kids, and if they said, Hey, Dad, you know what? I know you're still living, but we would like our share of the estate now. And I would pull up my wallet and say, Here's a twenty, <laughs> you know, or maybe even a hundred dollar, but here's a hundred. Have at it. You know what I'm saying? I know it's a weird concept for us, but But nonetheless, I want my my portion of my inheritance right now. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his younger son parked all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. Now... Now, I know this is a story that Jesus tells, but I don't know if you've ever tried to run away from home. I remember the first time that I ran away from home. My mom was in service last night, and, and so she verified this story, but I was seven or eight. I don't remember how old I was, but very young. But uh, I had, uh, we were on a Saturday, we were planning and the plans were to go to visit Uncle Pete. Uncle Pete lived in Weslico. I'm from Harlingen, about 25 minutes away or so. He lived out in the country. He had kids, Jeannie and Buddy and, and uh, Beverly and Donnie. Donnie was my age, and I loved to go to Uncle Pete. Now, you talk about country people. I'm talking country people. But I loved going to visit Uncle Pete out in the country. He had to get his Gibson guitar, and I'd bring my guitar, and we'd play. We'd all sing country songs, and uh, we'd run around the, the, the property, and we'd drive. We could drive cars out on the property. I'm eight years old, seven, eight, ten, whatever. We're driving all around. So anyway, that Saturday, we were planning to go visit Uncle Pete and Aunt Bell. True story, true name. I know it sounds like a cow, but that was her name, Aunt Lola Bell. And godly woman, I mean, just uh, great. Anyway, well, somehow, some way, Dad decided. No, we're not going to go. We're just going to stay home. Now I'm an only child, and you don't mess with an only child's <laughs> picture of what's getting ready to happen. And so I was, I was angry. I was like, w- w- we're going to Uncle. I'm going to Uncle Pete's. I, re- I literally, kid you not, I went into my bedroom, I remember where the bedroom was, I remember the suitcase, we still have the suitcase, by the way, my mom still has it, it's a green suitcase, almost like a Samsonite suitcase, it's green, and I remember putting my stuff in the suitcase, and mom coming in, checking on me, now dad could care less, he's like, yeah, yeah, go, have, go have fun, because he knew better, right, but mom was kind of checking in, like, hey, uh, don't forget your underwear, you know, <laughs> don't forget, they were playing it up, man, and so I come out, Dad, they're in the living room, Dad's watching TV, and, and I come out with my suitcase, and I just look at him, and Dad's like, be careful, because my plan was I'm walking to Westlakeo, and I'm going to live now with Uncle Pete and Aunt Bell in their house and farm, and, and I get to the door. Don't even open the door. I, don't, I, I mean, I, I say, well, if you guys really want me to stay, I guess I'll stay. And I stayed. I did. I went back to my room, unpacked my suitcase. That is as far as I got. Now, that, I know that's a stupid, crazy story, but at least this guy had the guts to, to leave, right? He had the guts to actually go, and he wasted all that his dad gave him on wild living. And we all can imagine what that entailed. In fact, we find out later in the story some of the things that it entailed. And what what happens when we think of it this way now, what happens when we depart, walk out, wander away, it's, it's more than just getting out from under the rules, we waste, we waste a love that is there for us. By saying, and I know when we think of spirit, now I know physically with our parents, we probably said a lot of these quotes that I'm getting ready to give you, but spiritually speaking to the father, we probably have never said these things, but we actually think them and we actually do them. Here's some quotes that maybe the, the young man was thinking, it's my life, I'm gonna live my life how I want. I wanna get out from under this farm, this ranch, whatever they were doing, and I wanna live my life. Maybe he was saying, I wanna do, I want to do my own thing. I just want to do it my way. Stop telling me what to do. Maybe it's, I'll make my own decisions. You ever said these things to to your parents? Stop telling me what to do. The next one is, I'm tired of of doing it your way. I feel limited. You're limiting me. I want control of my life. Now, many of you are saying this in your marriage. Look straight ahead. Many of us, listen. Listen. Many of us act this way towards the Lord. And remember, this is a story of God's love for notorious sinners. Now, because we want to do these things, and I truly believe this, nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing. We do crazy things. We do stupid things. We do rebellious things. The son knew better. The son was Jewish. The son knew. And here's what he was going to waste. You ready? He was going to waste his purpose. He was going to waste God's protection or the Father's protection. And he was going to waste the provision. He would spend it all. And see, when we walk out and do our own thing rather than God's thing, we do it our way rather than God's way, we miss out on the purpose of for our lives, the purpose that God has for our lives. And many of us would never physically say, God, I'm doing it my way. God, I'm limited. God, you're too much. I wanna do my thing, whatever. We, but we, we do these things. And when we walk away, when we do it our way, we miss out on our purpose. We miss out on his protection. We miss out on his provision. Let me put it on the screen like this. Could it be that the reason... Your life is not working. I hate to say it like that. Could it be the reason our lives are not working right now is because we've walked away from God's purpose, protection, and provision for our lives? Some of us right now, we're wondering why our marriage isn't working. We're wondering why my, my life isn't working we're wondering why I'm not peace at peace. We're wondering why I'm not in joy. And this doesn't mean we're going to be happy all the time as believers. But there's something maybe that, that tells us inside our life isn't working. Something's not right. And what that could be is we're doing it our way. And we're wasting a love. We're wasting a purpose. We're wasting Protection, we're wasting provision. And when we walk our own way, can I just tell you, everybody knows this, but there's pain involved. When, when it, I can tell you if I would have left and walked to Weslaco, there would have been a lot of pain involved. There's, there's things that happen when we make our decisions our way, and many of us are living the consequences of those. And I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm just here, we have all done it. But when we do, don't, mis- don't misunderstand God still loves us. But the consequences of what we're doing affect our lives. It affects our, our purpose. It affects our joy. It affects our peace. It affects all that God has for us because we're so stubborn and we're going to do it our way. And many of you are young in this room. Maybe you're high school or college. And, and, and guys, I'm just telling you, you're at a prime age where this is more likely and I say that, I don't know if, I, if that's really true, but you have, you're at a pivotal age where you can either do it your way or you can do it God's way. You can either take your inheritance, I'm gonna do it my way, I'm gonna get out from under the, the limits that God has, and I'm gonna do it my way. And I'm gonna tell you what's waiting for you, what's waiting for you is a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of mess But when you do it God's way, it doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect life. And I'm not saying that. It doesn't mean you won't have some pain. But when when that pain or when those challenges come, what you have in the middle of that storm is a level of peace that cannot be understood. Because you're not wasting the love. Now, that's not the end of the story. The second thought is undeserved love. And we find this later in the story. Let's, let's read on. Luke 15. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Now listen, this is very important. Very important um, to understand. Father, I have sinned. It is important that you understand that you have left God's will. That you have sinned. That we have sinned. It's very important that we... Understand that that you know, like you don't have some entitlement. We don't have some entitlement. It's very important when he says, "I'm gonna get to I'm come to my senses and, and, and I'm just like this, I can't even eat. Uh, this is nuts. I could at least go to my father and get some food and and work with the with the hired hands. Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off. His father saw him coming. I Love this part of the story. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. He embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick! Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. That's the love of the Father. For those of you that can't seem to find your way out of pornography. For those of you that can't seem to find a way out of your addiction. For those of you who have wasted your life. Wasted your time. Wasted his love. This is what you get when you come home. Now, what he deserved was a lecture. How many, if this was you, and you came home, your physical father, if he was in the picture, or mother, would have given you a lecture? Before you come in, let's sit down on the porch and let's have a little talk. What he deserved was a lecture, like, hey, what, what, before you come in here and mess up this household again, now I understand there's complications to addiction, I understand tough love, I understand working out thing, I totally understand that, please don't misunderstand the complexity that I know exists with people who have wandered or people who have rebelled, and it is hard, it is complicated, it is messy, but here, the meaning of the story is that God's love for you as a total mess up. God's love for you as as a notorious sinner wasting your life on prostitutes and wild living. What he deserved was a lecture. What he deserved was some kind of punishment. Like, hey, before we, before we go on here, we're going to have to give me the keys. Give me, you know, I know those are whatever. There's just some things that we understand in our life that are normal and natural to us that he deserved a lecture. He deserved a punishment. He deserved unacceptance. Like, no, nope, no, nope, you, nope, you've come far enough. You made your decision a year ago. You made your decision six months ago. This is no longer your home. This is no longer your family. You made a decision to live it your way. And so, don't let the door hit you. But what the son received was love. I know it's hard for those, listen, remember who Jesus told these stories for? it wasn't for the sheep the the coin and the sun now it's a big part of it but it was for the religious leaders who who weren't standing on the door or the porch waiting for the notorious sinners to come on who weren't building bridges with people far from god walked out of i mean they were they were building walls and what the moral or the message or the big idea of the story is that god and you will you and i will never understand it but his love for you and me as a total mess up and many of you live with this cloud over your 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 life even as a believer, you kind of live with, oh, I'm just a mess up. Gosh, I wish I could go back and do it. How many of us wish we could go back and change something? Of course we do. You're in good company. Many time, There's so many things in my life I wish I could go back and change. We don't have that luxury. But what, what I want you to know today is that even as a total mess up, when we realize, when we come to our senses and we just go, God, I don't deserve it. I don't even, would you just let me have a little crumb? Would you just let me have just a little bit of that piece? Just a tiny bit of that piece that I once knew? Would you just give me a little bit of hope? A little bit of light at the end of my tunnel? Because man, my life is screwed up. And what, 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 what you get when you come home is a robe, a ring, and a fattened calf. For those of you vegetarians, this is a word for you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sort of. Romans, can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. God's anger Was taken out on Jesus on the cross. God isn't mad at you. Jesus paid that price. He bore the wrath of God. You're and my, my mine and your sin. So it is his kindness that's on the porch running. It's his kindness that goes and looks for you. It's just kindness that turns the the house upside down. Psalm 103.8 says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled, filled with unfailing love. If you're here today, and you're a sheep, you're a coin, or you're a son, you've wandered, you've been misplaced, or you've rebelled, you've walked out. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you've done and it doesn't really matter if you can come to the realization and come to your senses today that that life is only filled with pain there's a little bit of fun there's a little bit of joy the Bible tells us that sin is fun for a while but how many know after a while it's no more fun all it brings is pain all it brings is, is anger all it brings is bondage But when you and I can come to our senses and say, God, I don't have anywhere else to go. Now, you may not be there today. You may not be there today quite yet. You may not have hit rock bottom. You may not have been like this son who just, I mean, was eating with pigs. You may not be there today. Can I just tell you? We love you. I love you. More importantly, God still loves you. And he is waiting on the porch for when you are ready. Sometimes he goes and looks, sometimes he turns the place upside down searching, and sometimes he waits. But for those of you, today, as we start off this series, you, you, we have to, if we don't understand his love for me, for us, our love will never will never be right until this is right so if you're lost today you've wandered away you've rebelled and you're willing to come to your senses today he's, he's running he's running would you bow your heads I know your grace Lord I know your grace I know what it feels like to be at peace know what it feels like to walk in your will and I know what it feels like to wander and I know what it feels like to rebel. To willfully do my own thing. Most of us know what it's like. But for some of us in the room who are, who are ready to come to our senses, God, God, Wrap your arms around us and put a robe and a ring and a feast and a celebration because we're tired. We're a mess and we need the unconditional love of the Father for His children. If you're here today, By by uh, watching online, any of our campuses here at Frisco East. If you're here today, and today you need to come home, just raise your hand, just right now. Raise your hand and say it's me. That was me. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to come home. Raise your hand real quick. Just say, John, I'm ready to come home. God, more importantly, God, I'm ready to come home. Yeah. Lord, you see our hearts. You see who we are. We've been running. We've been living and we're coming home today. Wrap us in your love. May your kingdom come in our lives. Your will be done in our lives. Right here, right now, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.